guys, K.O. here. You are on Tumor and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution on gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Today, we have Connie Petrula on, who is a certified nutritional practitioner. She is a health coach and a menopause navigator. Yes, so we cover everything from kicking off the conversation on why tequila is the best and healthiest of all the alcohols to consume, um, to healthy eating and her breakdown and breakthrough from leaving the corporate world, getting into entrepreneurial status uh, at the age of 52 and making a major shift to going to Burning Man and then even getting into a suggested uh, female lubricate. Lubricant. So it's we cover all of this. We dive into sexuality. We dive into health and wellness. Obviously, all of those things go together. Connie does a fabulous job of being open and vulnerable, giving a wealth of experience and tips. Lean in to the end when she talks about um, a male supplement that just might be good for our fellows out there. Um, and I'll leave it at that. But there's a ton of stuff that just might be taboo in women in, women questioning a better way, men questioning a better way. This is the one for anyone that's really looking to get to that next edge mentally, sexually, you name it. Connie's your girl. Enjoy. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I am super excited today. We are going to cover some topics haven't covered yet and I feel like we've covered a lot of them. Uh, I've got Connie Pratula. I'm working on the names. As you know, if you listen to my cast, we, we always work on the names as much as we can. Um, and we're super excited. Like I said, we're going to cover a lot of incredible things, but Connie is an inspiring health coach and menopause navigator. Uh, she focuses on women over 40 and she's she comes from the, uh, let's say, corporate world and kind of left that to get into the entrepreneurial space, started questioning a better way as we do on Turmeric and Tequila, and has built out her own business and has followed her heart and mission uh, into what she does now with a super holistic approach. So we're going to cover so much today. Without further ado, Connie, welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. Thank you so much, Kristen. I'm really excited to be part of this and... Um, I, I love the name of your podcast because it, it, it's so funny because they're actually two really healthy ingredients. There you go. Well, I'll <laughs> exactly. And, and people might say tequila, that's, that's a healthy ingredient, but it, it totally is. It's actually one of the good alcohols to drink. Well, let's unpack that. I know it is. I mean, I just, I love tequila. Um, Honestly, I didn't like it usually. I don't want to say growing up because I didn't grow up drinking, but um, <laughs> as I was over 21 and trying different things, I didn't love tequila and then I learned to appreciate it um, because I, you know, I felt the effects the least the next day. Um, and I, I, there's this thing that goes around on Facebook that talks, it talks about how healthy tequila is and all of its benefits. So um, maybe if, if you want to even start there, turmeric, I think everybody knows at this point is a phenomenal anti-inflammatory and um, it's quite literally the juxtaposition of my life. So do you want to start us off with the benefits of tequila? <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the benefits is it is a really um, clean alcohol. Um, they don't add anything to it. Um, so actually the healthy alcohols to drink, and this sounds so funny coming from a nutritionist, right? But, but we... <laughs> but but we all drink so or or a lot of us do you know so you might as well know the best way to do it so the healthiest alcohols are gin vodka and tequila 
because they have nothing added to them. They don't have any colorants added to them. And, and that's actually the unhealthy part is the colorants. The other thing is, is when you drink those on the rocks, which most of us, when we're drinking tequila, we're doing them as shots and we're doing them with a squeeze of lime. Um, so if you drink the three that I mentioned, gin, vodka, and tequila, if you drink them with a squeeze of lime or lemon, that actually helps your liver process the alcohol better. So it's, it's far easier on our body and we're giving that assistance to our liver. At the same time, they're not really high in sugar and the sugar is also what really can give us the um, hangover. And especially when you start to add things like, um, you know, like a tonic water and those types of things, they still have sugar in them. So um, yeah, a really funny way to start out your podcast. <laughs> I mean, it was natural. So we had to lean in, but I, my go-to is a tequila soda lemon. Um, if we're not just doing shots, which, you know, sometimes we're in college, but we visit that rarely. Um, but no, it's, and I'm a huge advocate of lemon water in the morning. So anytime I think, you know, you're, it's still alcohol. Anytime you can, uh, you know, maybe be, get it a little bit healthier then I'm all for it. So I actually think people will find that very valuable. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it's true. And, and that's how I work with my clients. You know, that's one of the, I think one of the biggest things is, um, you know, I remember when I had to make changes for myself and, uh, you know, it's really funny because when I think back about this, Kristen, so when I really sort of came to the, the height of my health issues, which was between nine and 10 years ago, there was so little information on the internet about menopause and, you know, how to start changing things around. Even when my naturopath told me to go gluten-free and dairy-free, it's like, how do I do this? And I'm searching the internet to find recipes and stuff. And they tasted like crap. And most of them didn't turn out where here we are, you know, 10 years later. And there's so much information. People are, are completely overloaded. You know, so when I'm working with clients, I like to keep things really simple. And I still remember what it was like for me. And you can't make huge, successful lifestyle changes overnight. Those take time. Um, so let's be realistic. You know, um, everybody has a bad day or they get together with family or friends and they, and they want to enjoy a little. That's what life's about. Exactly. Well, and that's just that balance. You can't miss out. I'm all for a healthy lifestyle and really dialing in and leaning even to human optimization and, you know, living day to day, taking advantage of the moment, um, you can't, you know, recreate family birthdays or friends parties or what have you. So you got to have that cognitive balance of not stressing out about the wrong stuff. Um, totally. Totally. So, yeah. Well, well, tell us about you. Tell us how we, before we do the deep dive into the biz side, um, how did we get to how we are today? Tell us about young Connie. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a total geek. I really, I'm a total geek when it comes to nutrition and when it comes to health and especially for myself, I feel if I understand myself the best, uh, and the journey that I've gone through that really helps me help clients. Um, you know, so, I mean, what we don't realize is our health starts in vitro. I mean, it starts when we're in our mama's bellies and, and it even starts before that. It starts before the health of our mom. So of course I was born in the sixties. 
there wasn't a lot of um, regulation around what went into the water, what went into the air. My mom was a hairdresser. Can you imagine like all of this stuff she was breathing in while she was pregnant with me, right? So um, when I look back at that, a lot of that started, you know, some of my sensitivities. Um, my liver is something I always give extra support because I, I, I feel that, you know, potentially when I was, you know, um, in vitro, um, in utero, I should say, I, you know, probably some of those chemicals affected me somewhat. And, uh, you know, so that's the other thing I tell people is that, you know, when, when we take a look at when our health hits that point where we just, we're done, like we just, we hate the way we feel, we hate being sick, we hate being tired. It's taken a long time to get there. It didn't happen overnight. It, it's taken up to that life point to get there. So um, yeah, I, I lived on a farm when I was young, again, you know, using a lot of chemicals and stuff because that's what the farmers were told. That's how you get better yields. That's how you make good money. And boy, you're talking farmer language when you say, do you want to make more money? Because it, it's a hard life. Um, you know, all the way up to, uh, you know, I was on the birth control pill. Um, you know, I, I never took notice of the, the cleaners that I used in my home, the, you know, the things that I put on my body it all starts to build up and you know my body just hit that point of saying whoa i'm done uh, and it and it spoke very loudly to me it it put me in extreme pain uh severe depression and my stomach was so messed up that uh, it, i was just i was in digestive pain all the time so it, it it really you know it came to a point where it's like okay I, I'm listening, but I, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to start. And the funny thing is, is I was actually eating pretty healthy at that time. Um, you know, I had, um, uh, I, I had started to make a lot of changes as far as removing gluten and, and dairy, um, you know, focusing on not eating processed foods as much as possible, not eating fast foods. And of course, when you're in the corporate world and you're traveling, traveling all the time, I'm sure you know, Kristen, airports aren't the friendliest place <laughs> to find good, healthy food. Not even, I mean, they've actually gotten a little bit better, but I mean, you're still, it's like the best of the worst. So just order yeah. the tequila and the lime and skip it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, and at the same time, when all of this was happening, I was going into menopause and I'm like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is it. This is what my mother talked about. This is what my grandmother talked about. You know, when you hit this point, life is over and it's all downhill from here. And uh, I'm the type of person where it's like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to accept that. There has to be a way. Um, I love to challenge everything. That was actually a challenge for my employers because I always said, I will not accept status quo. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I just, I, you know, I left the corporate world. I started this journey of, um, wanting to follow my passion of nutrition, went back to school to get my certification. And as I was through school and learning, I thought, well, I might as well use myself as a Guinea pig. I feel like crap. So, <laughs> um, you know, but 
what can I do to start to feel better? And, and it took, it took about two and a half years of really focusing on my health um, to get me to the point of where I can honestly say I feel better now than I did in my mid thirties. And I'm going to be 59 in uh, 10 days. Uh, well, happy early birthday, first of all. <laughs> Thanks. Are you a big birthday celebrator? I am. Oh, me too. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's really important regardless of age. I think it, 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 there's still some sort of taboo of women in age, and I respect anyone's wishes. Um, like my grandmother never wants to say her age, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I think you should be shouting it from the rooftops. But anyways... Um, I think it's really important, especially if you feel as amazing as you do. I think it's important to label that qualifier so people understand the difference between feeling okay and then genuinely feeling amazing. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, my mom was almost 89 when she passed away, and she was actually excited to tell people her age because most people thought she was 10 years younger and she, that would just like, she was just tickled when, <laughs> when yeah. So I, I think I've taken on the same attitude. I love that. Well, I, and I, I just like, you know, how nutrition passes on, I think our conversation from generation to generation also carries on something we need to be conscious of, um, but certainly to embrace the positive sides of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, so, I mean, how, when you were kind of having this, you know, like, let's say life cleanse, knowing you knew you had needed to make a change, what was the first step when you're like, okay, I'm having this breakdown. What was step one into breakthrough of how do I start to change and do something different? Um, <clears throat> you know, one of the biggest things that I always focus on and and I don't know where this comes from. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fire within, but it's something where uh, regardless of how dark or, or how bad things get for me, I, I seem to have like this little ember inside of me that never goes out. And I, and I focus on that. And I just say that, you know, you've, you've been through some really tough things in your life and you know you've made it through those um what what's the meme out there uh so far you've made it through 100 percent of the worst days of your life <laughs> yeah, yeah. um you know, it, it, so I, I think that's a, a big part of it is that i just i just i focus on that that tiny little ember inside of me that you know i i'm i'm not willing to give up so that's the first thing and and um you know i i journal uh, a lot to to get those thoughts out. Uh, I'm lucky that I have a few close friends that I can, you know, uh, call up and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm having a really tough day and I just I, I need to talk about it. So I think it's important that you have at least one person in your life that you know you can be really raw with, right? As as far as who you are. Um, you know, as I said, I, I was eating healthy and that's the part that really frustrated me is that it's like, gosh, you know, I'm eating so healthy. Why is my body in so much pain? And um, I decided to actually um, going to school, I learned about food sensitivity tests and I was lucky, had access to some really great naturopaths that were um, my instructors. And I started talking to them about the, uh, the validity of them, 
uh, the accuracy of them, and then also, you know, finding out which tests were the best. And some of them can be very expensive. Some of them can be very inexpensive. And there's a huge controversy around food sensitivity tests and whether they're actually valid, whether they really work. Um, I was actually at my wit's end and I just thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to spend the money. And, and I'll be honest, it was a $1,200 expense for me to have this food sensitivity test because it tested chemicals, drugs, um, herbs, and foods. And I will say it's the best $1,200 I ever spent because um, as soon as I got my results back and I eliminated all the foods that were, um, they categorized them into red, orange, yellow, and green. So once I eliminated everything except for the green, within two weeks, my pain started to subside. Things started to change. Um, and, and I mean, I couldn't eat things like olives and olive oil, which, uh, yeah, exactly. I can see the, you know, the look on your face. <laughs> um, it, it, people were shocked when they found out, uh, you know, certain nuts, certain fruits, pears, pears were an extreme um, uh, sensitivity for me. Uh, and who would think that, you know, and I was eating up to that point, I was already eating organic. Um, but it's just proof that our body gets to a point where it gets so overloaded and it gets into such a fight and inflammation standpoint that it it almost can't stop itself. It it doesn't know how to stop itself. So you have to take everything out that is bothering your body. And that's the only way I could figure out. Um, uh, not that I use a lot of antibiotics or anything, but it told me exactly which ones I couldn't use. Penicillin is one of them. Not, not that I've ever used it in a very long time, but it, it started, I couldn't use fluoride. I had to find another, I had to find a toothpaste without fluoride, all of these little things. So I started to change all of my skincare to organic skincare products. I made sure I was eating completely organic, but here's the other side of it, Kristen. I wanted my health back so badly I actually became what they term as orthorexic. So orthorexic is the other side of it where you are so, um, you're basically so focused on doing everything healthy that you start to eat alone. You won't go out to restaurants. You won't meet with people. You won't go out to people's homes for dinner because you can't control the ingredients. And I actually had friends that just said to me, Connie, you've got to snap out of this. You know, you've got to start to become part of society again. So, we, you know, it, we can, we, we can just, you know, go from one extreme to the next. And, and I'm really glad I had friends that just said, like, join us. You'll be okay. Your body will be okay. So, yeah. That's, that's crazy. Well, and I think the, you know, this is almost a conversation around COVID when you're using too many sterilizers or there's no um, points where your body can build immunity. You know, it's, we need germs. We need some things, obviously to the extreme we are. And, you know, in our, this day and age, you know, America, Canada, wherever you are, there's different variants of what we're subjected to, whether it's, you know, America's bad about regulations with makeup and certain things. Um, I think a great entrance point for that, for anyone that's watching that or listening that, um, 
as you're talking about like you know carcinogens and whatnot stink s-t-i-n-k is a phenomenal documentary to watch and kind of get an entrance into this conversation um but we don't realize how much you know we're consuming air wise we're consuming with food we're putting on our skin all you know all this stuff and it's 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 a huge huge conversation um how did you know what was the test that you took the twelve hundred dollar test i've took it i've taken a few just be, honestly because of my work and i've worked with some of these companies and so i've been you know blessed to have just opportunity to be a part of them but i don't think i what was the twelve hundred dollar one called so um it's it's a u.s company the company is called cells i think it's cell sciences and the test that I had done is called an ALCAT test. So it's A-L-C-A-T. And um, yeah, it, 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 it's expensive. I actually had it redone recently because I wanted to see where things were at, um, you know, because I was feeling good, but I was feeling that there was maybe some things that were cropping up and um, had it redone. And yeah, a lot of the things that I'd stayed off for so long, those have really come, come down. My body's not as sensitive. There's a few things that have come up in sensitivity because I've kind of overused them. Oh, okay. So we become creatures of habit, right? Yeah. We love to eat the same things. We love to do the same routines. And it's really important to change things up, you know, to, um, I'm a huge proponent of uh, eating local as much as possible, uh, eating within season as much as possible. And, um, but by changing those things up and, and not eating the same things all the time, we're actually being kinder to our bodies. Um, and it's when we really, um, you know, when we kind of overdo it on, on certain ingredients that eventually our body, uh, you know, can become sensitive to them. Absolutely. When I, and I'm by no means a nutritionist um, in any fashion, just been around the block because of sports and my own, you know, health and wellness. Uh, but I really think, you know, a varied diet, if whether you're paleo or keto or however you package what you do, just varying whatever you eat, I think is a very critical baseline for all, you know, nutrition conversation. Um, and honestly, I would say that most things in life, if you're an athlete, you know, diversify your skill set. you know, you got to do stretching with cardio, with weightlifting and um, these are all big principles. And, and also, just like you said, you know, with makeup and food and the different things, you have to understand it's a full lifestyle. It's all these pieces that have to fit together. You can't really just fix one. Um, and that's, and that's extremely overwhelming. And that's why I think coaches like yourself are so critical because it's like, okay, time out. How do I filter all these pieces of life? I'm new to this. I don't know what to do. I don't want to spend a million dollars. Um, I don't want to go so far in uh, where I'm orthorexic. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm yet to hear that. That's good to know. Uh, where you get so crazy about it, which I know many fitness humans that are like that because their livelihood depends on it. So it's such a balanced conversation of like, we need to change everything, but don't take this as a tidal wave. Let's just find a coach or a leader for you so we can do this step by step. Totally. And that's, you know, um, I mean, my ideal scenario with working with clients, I always ask them for a minimum of three months, uh, but that's just scratching the surface. Ideally, when I get to work with a client for a year or longer, that's perfect because I, my whole thing is about educating people, educating them so that they can make it a lifestyle and, and those are habits that you don't break. I mean, once they become good, healthy lifestyle habits, they just continue on and you don't even have to think about them. You know, it's just, it's just the way you live now. And, and, but it, it, it does, it, it does take time. 
I always laugh when I work with clients because one of the things that I get them to do is a food diary for seven days. And I've actually had clients who um, have never been able to get their food diary to me. They're, they're just like, I, I, I can't, I'm too embarrassed to show it to you. I keep starting it over. And, and I feel so bad for them because, you know, they're eating in a way that, that they know is unhealthy, but they're so embarrassed to show it to even me. I mean, I, I, I see it all. Hey, I ask people what their poop looks like. So, you know, I, um, but, but what it starts to show me is when I, when I see their food diary, I also ask, you know, how are they sleeping? What was their mood? All of those things start to show me a pattern. So, you know, the days that are really bad generally are connected to like a sleepless night or a really stressful day the day before. Um, you know, so our body reacts to all of these things. Our, um, and that's why I feel it's really important for me to know the environment. What's your home environment? What's your work environment? And not just the environment as far as the air, but even emotionally, you know, mentally. Uh, all of these things affect us and, and we really don't, we, we really take so much for granted. We, you know, we, we really don't look at how all of these things affect our lives or, or like you say, it's so overwhelming that it's like, I'll just, I'll just keep going. I'll just keep going the way I am. And, you know, maybe one day something will, will change and get better. Well, I think, you know, as culturally, you know, even not just in America or, you know, Canada or, you know, our civilizations that are close that are consuming a ton of media that I really think are designing and creating what things should be. And that's really literally why I started this podcast. So we can question a better way, highlight humans that are doing things a better way, perhaps streamline some of their process, because I think our young humans are consuming media and messages at an all time high, and that's creating their realities. So culturally, I don't think we're taught to slow down. How do you actually feel what's going on. It's very much of the get your degree, get to college, have kids, get a job, make a bunch of money, retire. And like, it's like, okay, but A, do you really want any of that? The great if you do. B, how do you really feel about things? Getting in touch with yourself, understanding your core value. I mean, this whole stuff. And then you pack in nutrition, then you pack in lifestyle and the humans around you. And um, I just wish in kindergarten, we had this very like centered approach of this is you getting to know you yourself as a young person. And then like, let's understand our environment, you know, piece by piece as we go through the different journeys of life, like myself in kindergarten and myself in elementary school. And maybe my parents got a divorce. Let's talk about that. And how are we eating at home? So, um, you know, there's my, my blabbing on that, but it is, it's just, an, it's an early consciousness that we need that I don't think culturally is created in any capacity. Um, I, I agree with you. Like not, not in North America, uh, I think if we, yeah, if we look at other cultures, you know, when I had the opportunity to go to Europe a couple of years ago and uh, went to Europe a few times, I just, I, one of the things I love is eating in Europe because you're doing it with friends and family and you're doing it over a space of time and it's just, it's so enjoyable. It, it's almost like every time you eat, it's almost like a party in a way, you know, it's, it's, it's a celebration and it's a celebration of, of spending time together and it's a celebration of food. What a beautiful way to eat. And, and we've lost that in North America. Um, and it actually, uh, 
Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's one of the things that, you know, when I think back, it's actually, it's one of the things that we always did as a family. When I was growing up, we always had dinner together every night. Um, and even when I went into my relationships, that was an important thing um, within relationships was that we ate dinner together every night. We typically ate at the table. Uh, I think that my habits have become worse probably since I've been single <laughs> and, and, and on my own, you know, cause you just, you kind of do your own thing, but, um, but yeah, you, you're so right. Like we, um, we don't, we, we, we don't focus on who we are and what our abilities are. We've got this, uh, this agenda that's given to us and we, you know, we, we move along through that agenda and, and that is also part of what starts to disrupt us, right? Disrupt who we are and what's sort of natural to us. Um, so yeah, I, I think that a lot of that's been taken away. The other thing that I say to people is if you're only doing things for like inside your body, so what you're putting on your body or what you're eating, um, but yet you use to toxic chemicals in your home or for cleaning and all that type of stuff, really what you're doing for yourself is of no value because you're not doing anything for the planet. Um, so if, if we only have this, like this tiny little picture of ourselves and what we're doing of ourselves, we're missing the whole point because everything that comes to us comes from the planet. It comes from mother nature, right? So we've got to do the right things there as well too for what we're doing for ourselves to be sustainable. I completely agree. And I think that's a huge piece of the mindset. Cause even if you build out this perfect little bubble over your super healthy world, the second you step out of it, you're in a, you're in a jungle and you can't really coexist with anything. And the whole point is to be a part of community. Just like when you said you had great friends, you can lean on the, that importance of community, regardless of what culture or nation you're in is a common denominator for us all. Like we need each other. We need these very basic fundamental human pieces that make, you know, our own personal worlds go around. Cause you know, if you're healthy and you're alone and you can't, you know, eat gluten-free celery soup, you know, by yourself and you can't enjoy with anyone, it really takes away from the emotional piece. So then that piece is out of whack. Um, so it's, it, it, it is, I think when we can get into the minutia of health and chemicals and what have you, it's, it's equally as important to pull back to like the basics of, you know, connection, community, good sleep, um, you know, not overthinking and getting into the minutia of health and ingredients too much. You know, we still got to get back to those core pieces of air contribution, community, what have you. Um, I'm curious. And I, 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 I'm an, I've been, always been an entrepreneur. I had a business just cause I was a lacrosse kid at the East coast and came back to Colorado. So just started a business, not really knowing, um, and just kind of went on fire for probably 20 years. Um, I'll be 40 in October. Uh, and then the past year and a half, I've really worked to slow down. Um, the podcast has become my priority. It's my mission. It's my purpose. I'm yet to monetize any of it. It's like super passionate projects, um, which I'm clear to put into universe at some point. I would love to, for this to be the, the jam. Um, but slowing down has been critical. Was that when you were kind of in that breakdown breakthrough phase for a couple of years, was a big piece of that work? And was that a major piece to cut it off? Totally. Uh, totally. I, um, 
you know, my life took a different twist. I, you know, I thought I would be a mom and a housewife and, you know, I'd work part time and, you know, have the house and everything. And that's, that's what my life would be. And, and uh, when my partner and I were unable to have children, it just, you know, boom, sort of slapped me in the face. It's like, geez, I need to find a career now. Um, so I was in my early thirties at that point of, uh, trying to figure out a career and, uh, I, you know, just became very, very driven because it kind of felt like I was behind a little bit, you know, for, um, you know, the first 10 years of working that, you know, I was so focused on just, I'm just going to get pregnant and stay home. You know, so, um, yeah, so I really became focused. I enjoyed what I did. I mean, I loved what I did. I, um, I, you know, this is, nutrition is my third career, but my first career was as a financial advisor with one of Canada's largest banks. And, and I loved working with people. I loved helping them achieve their dreams or helping them get out of a really tight financial situation. So I put a lot of effort into that. Um, then I wanted something that was a little more exciting. So I went into the technology world and I went into technology sales and woo, <laughs> um, that's a pretty crazy world. It's, it's pretty volatile. Uh, but I got the opportunity to start to travel with work. And again, it was just like, I'm an adrenaline junkie. So like you give me, um, adrenaline and I'm like, woo, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm on, I'm on rocket fuel. Um, when were, wait, when was the tech era? Cause I mean, was this when like dot coms were booming? Um, cause that was like crazy party time and money and like, that was insane. Yeah. So I started into it in, um, in 2000. And so it was a little after the dot coms, but there was still, uh, uh, still a lot of growth going on, but a lot of, a lot more volatility during that time. And uh, yeah, so it, it was amazing. I mean, you know, the, the things that I learned, I, I, I'm, I'm forever grateful of it, but it, you know, it really started to kill my body, um, you know, because long hours, traveling a lot, um, you know, there's, yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of pressure. Uh, a lot of pressure. And when you're working in the technology industry, um, you know, we always had a saying that any piece of software will only be about 70% of what people want, you know, so you're doing a lot of work to convince them that this is the right piece of software for them to use. Um, yeah. So um, on top of the technology, once I was kind of you know, really feeling the effects of technology. I can't remember if I mentioned to you, I decided to do a bodybuilding competition at age 50. Yes. On our initial call, you said you had a friend that you saw her, she made a transition and you're like, I can't believe she did this. And so it, it sounds like you're like, okay, well game on now I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, so here I am, you know, crazy, crazy, uh, busy working in technology, um, you know, long hours. And I decide to do a bodybuilding competition. So add on working out five to six days a week, you know, you know what workouts are like. I mean, you put a lot of time into them and then your food, um, you know, talk about totally focused on something. I mean, it was, it was my whole life. Um, what I found so amazing is how our body can support us. You know, when we have a goal or when we're driven to something, our body supports us in such an amazing way. But at the end, when I finished the competition, you know, my body just said, that's it. I'm done. 
you know, I'm, I'm totally done. So it was kind of like the final straw to just, you know, just that's it. Uh, I'm my, my body just said, I, I'm not going to support you anymore. Um, what, what really frightened me is I thought that, you know, for that moment of glory of standing on the stage, the other, the other part of it was I wanted to do a boudoir shoot. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, for those, um, I guess little moments of glory, I thought, wow, what have I done to my body? Have I actually hurt my body and now I'm going to have a lifelong autoimmune disease. Have I gotten into that state? So it was, it was just so many things. And, and then that's where I just said to myself, um, you know what, I'm, I, I'm, I'm leaving the corporate world. I'm not doing what I enjoy. I know what my passion is. I feel like crap. I'm not willing to put up with this anymore. Um, you know, it, it because, you know, not that the companies were awful, but you're working for their bottom line. That's, that's, that's all they care about, right? What, what can they get out of you so that they can make their client happy so that their bottom line is, is healthy. And, and I just thought, no, you know what, there's, there's more in me, there's more in me to give to myself and to other people. And so I just thought, yeah, you know what, um, this isn't the end. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to live this way. I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to uh, figure out how to get my body healthy. I'm going to go back to school. And yeah, so. Um, <laughs> I, well, and I think this, that's another piece of the conscious conversation that's missing is I don't think people understand that you are a commodity as an employee. You are purely there. And even as an athlete, this was kind of hard for me to comprehend as an athlete on scholarship. It's like, well, you're injured. Bye. And I had an injury my sophomore year that major shift in my life. Obviously I needed it because it happened. Um, but you really got to understand when you work for somebody, you are building their dream, you're funding their cause and they compensate you accordingly. And that's what the transaction is. I mean, it's very transactional. Um, so I think my, my, my humans that are like very, empathetic or goal-driven or, or mission-driven, I should say, usually get out of the corporate world because there's a very deep come-to of like, oh, wait, maybe this doesn't actually matter. Or even if I have a billion dollars from this opportunity, it doesn't matter to me. Um, and I, I think that doesn't, in my conversations, I think it doesn't happen until about 30 plus years old. Um, and that kind of sucks because it should happen earlier. Uh, but also universe has its own time. We need lessons and the whole thing. Um, how quick were you to make that decision to be like, okay, I don't feel good. I'm out of this. Like, and this, these sound like really great opportunities. So how hard was it to like walk away? Was it like an immediate decision? <laughs> well, I, when I figured out I, I, I'd had this lifelong passion of nutrition, I, I literally was standing in my kitchen one day and, and, you know, I'm, I, uh, you know, I, I believe in God. I believe that the universe brings us things. And, and I literally was standing in my kitchen. I'm going, please, like, you're going to have to hit me on the head. Like, tell me what my purpose is. Cause I'm, I'm just, I'm not getting it. And then all of a sudden it was just like, um, this message came as like nutrition you love nutrition and you always have. And when I thought back about it, yeah, I've, I've always been interested in nutrition. I guess that comes from the farming background, but um, I thought, okay, this is cool. I had eight weeks left to um, finish up my prep for my bodybuilding competition. Uh, I'd taken a leave of absence from work because 
you uh, become carb depleted the last eight weeks. And I thought, my brain's not going to be good for anybody. <laughs> so I said to my employer, I'll be kind. I'm going to take a leave of absence to finish up my bodybuilding competition. Then I'll be back. Were they, um, were they like, sure, go lift weights, come back? <laughs> um, they were because they, I think they could start to see that, you know, that I, I wasn't this, the same kind of person <laughs> that I, that I normally was, but yeah, they were, they were totally cool with that. And, and they were excited. I mean, I have to say they were very, very supportive. They were really excited for me because they're like, this, this girl's crazy. You know, she's like 51 years old and she's going to be standing on a stage showing off her body. <laughs> she's a, she's a technology consultant. <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. But, um, I, so I, I, I had this whole plan, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work for another year. I'm going to save money, make sure I don't have any debts, you know, sort of downsize so that I can go into school and, you know, just set myself up really right. Right. Like you, you set out this plan in your mind of how perfectly it's going to be. <laughs> and then, um, about four months later, I was sitting at my desk. I was working at a spreadsheet. Um, I was working in another city um, uh, on a project, and I was I I was frustrated. Uh, you know, there was one person on the team that worked for the client that, for some reason, took a dislike to me, and she just made it her purpose every day to <laughs> give me a little bit of miserable. And and I'm sitting there and I'm going, why am I doing this? I know what I love. I know what I want to do. If I wait for the perfect time, there will always be a reason. There will always be an excuse to not make this change. And at that moment, I sent a quick message to my manager and I said, I'm back in the office next week. Are you in? He said, yep. I said, great. I want to talk to you Monday morning. He says, great. I want to talk to you too. Perfect. I walked into his office because I knew that my performance, I was not happy. My performance isn't what it should have been. And I walked into his office. I knew he was going to tell me that he wasn't happy with my performance. And before he could say anything, I said, I'm resigning. <laughs> and his mouth dropped and he looked at me and he said, uh, and I said, look, I'm sick. I'm miserable. I can't do this. I'm not doing a good job for you. I'm not doing a good job for the client. Why am I going to continue doing this? I said, I need to stay home and I need to look after my body. And his response was, I need you to travel. I said, I know that's why I'm quitting <laughs> because I know that this job in, in you know, um, it needs travel. You need me to go on location. And I said, I can't, and I'm not going to make the company miserable. So it's best that I just, I do what I need to do for me. And he, he just, he, the whole time he just kept saying, I need you to travel. I need you to travel. <laughs> um, so I, I, I made that decision uh, August, 2013, two weeks before my, my birthday. And my last day of work was the day before my birthday. So when you talk about celebrating birthdays, so my 52nd birthday was kind of like my new life into entrepreneurship and life for me. Wow. Okay. And I, again, you know, conversation as we're growing up, you think, 50, I'm settled down. I'm family. I'm this, I'm the Disney fairy tale or whatever storybook I was read when I was young. 
And really it took all those experiences to get to the, the point of like, now my life begins. And I even totally. feel that a little bit now at 40 where I look back and I'm like, I love, I've been blessed with so many opp- opportunities and don't get me wrong. The entrepreneur side has been an absolute jungle. Um, zero regrets, but th- I don't know that I could have done or be where I'm at without all of that happening. I mean, and I think particularly for my resilient, strong, perhaps stubborn humans, it takes full breakdown for us to be like, okay, I'm done now. I promise I'm not running through the wall anymore. And I've said this on many casts that are different topics. It takes a lot for my, my strong humans to be like, okay, now I'm going to listen. <laughs> now I'm going to do something different. And when, just like you said, you're like, I don't want to be doing this anymore. That really resonated with me because I look back even on workouts and competitions or projects when i say i'm gonna do something i do it i'm 100 percent, and i'll rock the brand i'm like i'm i'm there i'll bleed it but when i truly don't want to do it i i can't even talk myself into it like there's no gray area and i've had people come to me like god you're such you're great at you know crossfit workouts when you want to be and even that became such a toxic thing for me where it's like i was making myself be there versus want to be there and it's like i just lost that fire to where it's like okay and I'm this is it that's time to move um but good for you for sticking to your guns and I I think that's such a poignant point to talk about being 52 and starting your life essentially um with all with all these with this huge like tool belt of all you know pieces of intel and knowledge and really dialed in with your your passion um how did it feel at that point like how did you wake up at 52 in one day and be like okay let's go Um, I, it was really interesting because when I made the announcement, um, you know, of course used Facebook because I've got friends all over the world. So used Facebook to make the announcement. And I had people saying to me, you should be thinking about retiring, not starting another career. (laughs) And I'm like, really? (laughs) And, And I, and I realized the amount of fear that I put into my friends. I mean, I had friends contacting me and saying, are you going to be okay? Like, can you really do this? (laughs) Um, So I really appreciated, you know, their concern, but I also could see like the level of fear that they had in themselves to even think about, you know, doing this themselves. Um, So they had to put that fear on me. It's like, are you in your right mind? (laughs) Um, So it, it felt really amazing. But also what as time went on, what felt more amazing is the number of people that just said to me, gosh, you're such an inspiration, you know, to, to, to make that huge change at age 52 completely on your own, because I'm, I'm not with a partner. Um, so, you know, you're the only one that's got your back. Um, but it, I have done more things since age I'd say since age 49, but I've done more things since age 50. Um, And some of my friends say, you know, you're living your life backwards, right? Like we did this stuff in our, you know, in our early 20s, you're doing it now. And I'm like, yeah, but who says when you're supposed to do it? Exactly. The storybook we were read by some imaginary author that was probably on LSD that wrote Alice in Wonderland. Like it's all, you know, we're, we're, again, it's, we're, we're such we're so open to consume our surroundings and let that be our reality. It's pretty crazy. This is why I did influencer marketing and I'm still passionate about it because I think it's so powerful. Um, granted it's with a major asterisk. You need super responsible down to earth 
driven, mission driven humans and companies because the responsibility, I don't think people understand how much others are consuming that into like, that is what is normal. And it's all made up. Like who's, who's telling us what any of this really is. And, and, and if you're dissatisfied with it, why are you sticking to it? Oh, we don't want to ruffle it up. It, it, that, that's exactly it. Um, and you know, I just, um, I, I guess I just thought like, you know, what do I want the last half of my life to be like? Um, you know, yeah. Um, you know, we, yeah, we have these dreams as, as a young woman or young girl, you know, of what we're going to be, you know, for me, it was uh, a wife and a mother. And, and, you know, when that all changed, it's like, okay, so what does life hold me, hold for me? I mean, when I started working, it was only a couple years before that, that they changed the regulations that a woman could get a credit card. Oh my God. When was this? So I started working in 1979 and it was only a couple years before that. Yeah. Yeah. God. Okay. And when I started working, I couldn't get life insurance as soon as men could. And I couldn't join the pension plan as soon as men could. It is so you know, like, this is all within my lifetime, you know, which, which is so strange. So when, when I, when I, kind of look back at everything up into sort of age 49 and, and really, you know, making a big change in my life because I made a big move. I moved halfway across the country to start my, my last job with the technology company. Um, I just thought there's more to life. Like the, I, I want to explore. I, um, I, I'm not going to limit myself and, and not that I'm like, told, well, I'd say not that I'm totally crazy, but I can't remember if I shared with you on our initial call that I went to Burning Man last year. Oh no, I have tons of friends that have done that. You did not share that, but if you want to enlighten the crew um, into what Burning Man is and uh, tell us whatever you can about that experience. This is, you know, typical tequila. There's no um, filter here. So follow your heart. So um, yeah, it just, it totally fell into my lap of going to Burning Man. And uh, actually what was really cool was we hit Burning Man, they call it the Playa, on my 58th birthday, like that day. So for people who don't know what Burning Man is, people say, well, yeah, it's a big festival of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And, and um, no, it's, it's not. Um, uh, at the time... Uh, and the person I went with, neither of us drank, neither of us did um, any type of substances. Um, so it was interesting to go from that perspective because Wait, we went completely sober. Yeah. Wow. Because <laughs> it's on my agenda. Um, I'll drink. Obviously, I love tequila, it's drugs, and whatnot. No moral uh, contention. It's, I think everyone should be able to do what they want to do. Obviously, be healthy. But I, it's not my thing. Um, but I couldn't imagine, I understand it's a very spiritual experience. They, the burning is for those who have lost and I'll let you explain it, but it's not all it's stereotyped to be. Yeah, no, it, um, not at all. So, so it was, it was interesting because people asked me beforehand, they said, how are you going to handle this? Like, there's going to be so many people that are going to be, you know, on something while you're there. And I'm like, well, that's their journey. You know, I'm going there to experience my journey. Um, so it, it, you know, what's amazing is you go out into this desert where there was nothing. And of course, the, you know, the whole Burning Man uh, organization, you know, they build the streets and everything. And it, it literally becomes a city. There was 80,000 people there last year. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there was 80,000 people there. And, and a few people said, you know, what are your expectations? And I said, I'm going with none other than I know it will either be really hot because we're in the desert and um, because it's a desert, there's lots of um, dust. So I know I'll be dirty. Um, so those are the only two expectations I'm going with, you know, if the weather's miserable and if we get rain, then I'll be like really dirty and wet. <laughs> so those are the only expectations I went with. Other than that, I went with a completely open mind. What I loved about it is how free it was. You can dress the way you want with clothes, without clothes, um, it, there was one night that I went out all by myself out onto the plier where they have all the art installations, all the things that they build out there temporarily. And I was in a spot where there was just, there was no light. And the way the city is, is it's kind of like a, a crescent, the way it's built. And so there's lights like all the way around because there's all these um, stages and music stages and stuff. And, and there's always techno music, so you can hear this doop, 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 doop the whole time you're there. And I stood out in the middle, pure black, because it was um, uh, an, right around a new moon time. And I saw, like, the lights off in the distance, and I thought, wow, like, this is so unbelievable. Like, this is, you know, you kind of see these movies about, you know, um, like, uh, Thunderdome and uh, Mad Max and stuff and you know after the apocalypse and and the, it's kind of what it felt like right you're you're out there with nothing you have no electricity of course people bring in generators and all that kind of stuff you're bringing in all your own food all that type of stuff but it it is it is very spiritual they have a ton of uh, uh, different um, uh, sort of tents and stuff like uh, setups where people are giving massages or they're giving talks about spirituality or polyamory or, you know, it, it's just, it, it, you can find pretty much anything there. You don't buy anything. There's no commodity. You bring everything in. Um, you can, you can trade with people. It's not even a barter system. I mean, somebody will say, I don't have this. And before you know it, somebody's like, hey, I know so-and-so has some extra of that. I'll give it to you. So it's all, all about gifting. Probably my, my biggest disappointment with it, uh, you know, watching the Burns was amazing. Um, it, you know, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was really amazing. Um, my biggest disappointment was I really don't think it's the best thing for the environment oh, because okay. everybody's bringing in packaged foods and they're bringing in little trial sizes of things and, you know, to make it easier, but, sure. you know, there's, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately some of it stays or people throw it on the side of the road and yeah. So, okay. um, not everybody does that, but it, it's just disappointing. And I, and I think that, um, you know, Burning Man is all about giving it to the man, right? Like not following you know, sort of government and rule and society and all that kind of stuff, finding better ways to live on our own. Um, but I think that it should also be partially about the environment as well, too. How can we do this in the best way for the environment? But amazing experience. Absolutely amazing experience. I'm so glad I got to go. That's amazing. I'm, oh, I'm glad you did. And again, it's on my agenda. Maybe it's moved up a notch or two on my list. Um, <laughs> but I think that's really funny because, you know, that's I do a good amount of due diligence when I work with companies at this point. Um, I've luxury to 
have having the ability to be a little more picky and like, what is the environment? What's a product? Who are they working with to dig into it? But God, even when I do the due diligence, it's still so hard to find companies that are a hundred percent. And that's what it sounds like. Even in a situation where it's like anti-company, anti-government, or maybe not anti, but like it's, it's there to foster a different kind of system. Even then you face some of these similar conversations and it almost can provide a little bit of empathy maybe for these government and companies whatnot, because it's not easy. It's really not. And I'm all for making things the best way I can with the best people, with the best mission. But really it's, I mean, the logistical conversation around everything is, is really, really hard. Um, and that's almost when you have to pull back and be like, okay, what can I do? What can I change? How can I live? Um, but that's an incredible experience. And what I love about Burning Man is they don't have any corporate sponsors. There's no major funding, but then with that, then you maybe have less funds to do cleanup or less funds to do, um, you know, sanitation or whatever it might be. Um, so it's, again, it's a cost benefit analysis of how, how good can we be, um, and maintain the integrity of what the initial mission was. So, uh, that's funny, but I also want to point out, I love that your birthdays are like these mile markers <laughs> to your life. Like, that's kind of funny how like this, there's like a theme continuously showing up. Um, so after Burning Man, what was the next birthday? I'm really curious. <laughs> Well, Burning Man was last year. So, oh. so yeah, so that, that was last year. So I haven't made any big plans for this, for this year, I guess. And you got COVID. So this better be like the biggest, craziest digital zoom birthday situation um, ever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I haven't, I haven't really thought about it. You know, things just sometimes you know, things just kind of land in my lap all of a sudden at the last minute. So I just, you know, um, and, it, and it's actually funny because when I got back from Burning Man, people's like, oh, I want to see all your pictures and stuff. And I said, I didn't take hardly any because um, I just really want to live in the moment, you know, and, and that's, uh, and that's probably a really big thing that I've done after 50 as well, too, is really take time to live in the moment um, as, as much as possible um, you know, life is, life is so short, uh, that, you know, um, we can get so caught up into so many things and, um, you know, I still take the opportunity to walk down to the beach and watch the sunset, you know, when, whenever I can, um, because I just, I feel so blessed that I live on the coast, um, you know, to, to be able to enjoy that. I mean, I used to do it when I lived in, on the prairies as well, too. I'd take time to watch the sunrise or watch the sunset, um, you know, it, I mean, yeah, we, we need to celebrate every day, really. Um, I, completely agree. I think, um, and I've, I've, you know, the more, I mean, I'm big into like intuitive. I mean, I like all the things, just the different, I've leaned a little bit more into religion, which is really not my natural space, but I love seeing the different angles. And on the podcast, I always say, regardless of what you believe, uh, God, universe or Madonna, like I'm a huge Madonna fan, <laughs> whatever your angle is and how you package it is fine. I think it kind of culminates to the same, you know, uh, needs and wants and reason for living. Um, but to get back into nature and reconnect with, again, what we came from, a really basic tool, I think, is to like rewatch Dances with the Wolves. When, and I remember a little being like, I didn't really, I mean, obviously I was sad when you saw the Buffalo Slaughter was awful, but now I see it and now I watch, like, you know, I'm like, why wouldn't, you know, the Indians want to go into America? There's like chips and cars and whatever. And it's like, Oh, now I see it. I'm like, man, like we, <laughs> you can look at it from a whole different angle and really understand, um, why that's important. It only took 20 years, so no big deal. But, um, these are good. I think really easy digestible things to just kind of like lean into that conversation if it's new to somebody. 
Um, so, okay. How and when did uh, nutrition business, you officially kicked it off? How long has it, how long has this been in practice? So, um, because I've always had an interest in it, uh, you know, I, I sort of officially started it in 2013, you know, shortly after I left work, but, um, uh, you know, kind of, uh, kind of eased into it, you know, just trying to figure everything out. Um, my mom was also quite ill um, shortly after I left work. So I, I went home to to look after her as well, too. Um, so yeah, just kind of put things on the side because again, my mom was getting older and it's like, okay, you know, she needs me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do this. And, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I wasn't working, um, that I could spend the time with her. But, um, you know, when I went into school, so I uh, my plan was going to school earlier, but I, I supported my mom. So I went into school September, 2014, and I was still, I was still in that corporate mindset. It's like, okay, got to do this. Um, so it's like, okay, how do I get myself known? So I started writing articles for a local magazine, um, on nutrition and, you know, built my website and, you know, got headshots taken and doing advertising and all that kind of stuff. Plus going to school, which I, hadn't done in, um, <laughs> you know, 30 years, whatever, um, you know, studying. So my first year of school, I was still like just driving myself like crazy. So no wonder my body was still struggling. Um, and then, and then all of a sudden it just hit me. It's like, Connie, like slow down, you know, just slow down, just start to take in this experience. The, so my second year of school, I didn't write any articles um, just focused solely on school, uh, focused on, you know, just getting my health back, um, really starting to enjoy life more, taking time to enjoy life more, take, taking time to be out in nature, you know, going for walks. Again, I feel so blessed living out on the West Coast here because there's just so much around. Um, and uh, so uh, when we finish school, we have to do a practicum, we have to do um, you know, experience hours. So I had to do a hundred hours. And of course, uh, as, as, so here's another big birthday thing, Kristen. Um, so I decided I was going to do my practicum in Australia. Uh, so I found a retreat center in Australia that I could work at for four weeks. And I celebrated my 55th birthday. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> Um, you know, which is, which was an amazing experience to be in Australia, um, because it's just, it's so different. Uh, and I only saw like tiny parts of it, but came home and, um, you know, just kind of sort of lost, like, you know, what, what did I really want to do? What did I want to do with what I've learned? And, you know, that's when I started working with a few clients sort of, um, you know, over a long-term period. Uh, and I, and when I was in school, I also realized that I could really identify with women in menopause. And I guess it's not just, you know, sort of that age 50 menopause. It's, it's that whole process before that, you know, like you say, you're, you're 40. So, you know, you're kind of like the ideal point where I, I like to start with people because you, you've done a lot. And, you know, we, um, we still feel good in our bodies. We take our bodies, bodies for granted and stuff. And the sooner that I can work with a client to start to help them get on sort of the right nutrition path and do the right things for the body, the easier their menopause is going to be. 
So the overall symptoms are going to be far less hard on your body. Um, and, and I'm not saying anything against uh, hormone replacement therapy or bioidentical hormones. I just believe that if your body is healthy, anything that you use on top of that is going to work even better when you have a healthier body. But I also find that that's a time where, you know, if it's a woman who she's married, she has children, she's been working, I find so many women are just like, is this all there is? Like I have put myself aside for my career, my family, um, my parents, uh, my partner, you know, um, and, and I just feel like I've lost who I am. And, and I think that that's kind of what I went through. It's like, you know, who, who am I? You know, I didn't, I didn't start weightlifting until I was 45 years old. Um, you know, so I think that we, as we age, you know, yeah, we start to see those limitations. So I really realized that I wanted to work with women to um, help inspire them partially by things that I had done. Um, but through that inspiration, knowing how important their health is, knowing how important it is to, yeah, take time, you know, take time for themselves. Um, start to work on some of those things that, you know, maybe from the past are still haunting you and, you know, that you really never dealt with and are kind of holding you back. But for me, I just, yeah, just really wanted to be there to support women in the direction they wanted to go. <clears throat> and I, I, I think this is, and I love that we're having this conversation because ironically, I was the exact opposite of that. And I, I, mean, I don't want this to be long-winded, but Growing up, I had, you know, my mom was full-time mom. Her job and mission was to be a mother. And she, we, she treated us like it was her mission, her purpose. And she still does. She's the best mom in the world. And I hope every kid says that about their mom. Um, and when we all started to grow up, I could see the shifts in being like, and now what? And she actually struggled to have my, uh, I've got three younger brothers, the third one, um, because of hormones and anything, that's a whole other podcast. Cause a lot of it, I don't think she was, uh, put in the right direction thankfully she did him and I are 13 years apart people always think he was this huge accident but ironically I think that was more me than him and um he was super planned and blah 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 but my parents ended up getting divorced and this whole thing so I you know as a young human I think personality side was one side but also experience was I saw my mom and my dad who again adored us they did they drug us all together like we had a phenomenal childhood um of course with some average trauma but you know, I saw this, how much it took and the chaos of the kids and the, the, how much financially it took and this and that. And I just had this very perspective of like, Ooh, like, I don't like, I'm, I love family at some point. I'm, I'm a 40. So I don't know if I'll be a mom through adoption or maybe I'll have my own, who knows. Um, and as you know, they're, they're just forget the plans, like just show up present. Cause things are going to happen. Um, I had this very alternative perspective of like, yes, I'm open to, but all I can't wait to do is grow up and be free and like be able to get into clubs over 21 and do the job I want. I don't know why that was my narrative or vision, um, but I was the very opposite. And now I see a lot of my friends, you know, that did do the sacrifice, did the more traditional route and not that I did it right at all. Um, but I see how that even 20 years later, that's still the same conversation and women don't really have that opportunity to like, be like, well, maybe that's not my route. And I hope that anyone can look at my life. Cause I think a lot of people are like, why aren't you married? Or what are you doing? Or maybe even how they did with you, like you're doing that alone. Um, I think of course there's disadvantages and 
this is probably my most, this is my most authentic self, you know, going to be 40. And then now really starting to lean in because I've had the opportunity to do work, get to know me, spend all this time failing and succeeding on my own. Um, I'm very passionate about for our young women and our young men to say, how influential can these early relationships be on or this agenda that isn't really ours that shapes us and puts us on the wrong path from very early on. Um, so I don't want to go too far into that, but I love that you just prefaced it as we are taught as young women to say, here's what we want, or maybe it's authentically what we want. We do it. And now we're, you know, 40, 50, 35, and it's who am I? Um, and that's yeah. okay. But this is a conversation we've got to start having more and more and more. It, it totally, totally. And, and, you know, this, some people might not appreciate the way that I say this, but I find there's so many women out there that feel that they can't be successful on their own, that they can't, that, that they need a partner to, um, to be with, to have the things that they want to have in life. And, and, and it's unfortunate and I'm not, you know, the only reason I'm single is I just haven't found somebody that, you know, I, I feel is worthy <laughs> of spending the time with yet. <laughs> and I think that in itself is a huge statement because it's like, oh, well, you think you're too good or, oh, you think, you know, it's all whatever, again, society pins against it, against that statement as ego or, you know, maybe you're, you're so broken, you're not married because of this or whatever it is, but really it's the opposite of that. And so many more people could be happy embracing their authentic self, married or single or conscious of what they really want it, it, it totally you know so many of us I mean they they say that we um I think women were kind of not um totally aware of who we are till our late 20s somewhere around 27 28 and yeah. <laughs> I, and and I agree because even when I think back about you know at that age myself I'm like no no I didn't you know completely know who I was at that point either um, but you know, yeah, it takes a long time to figure out who we are. I think that the, the lessons in life are really important. Um, you know, and, and, and it's all the things that, that I've been through that, that does allow me to do what I'm doing and support women and, and I guess be an inspiration to women, um, uh, with, with all the things that I've done. Um, but the other thing is, you know, my mom said something really interesting to me, when I was a teenager and she said, you know, your dad and I love you, but we put ourselves first. Doesn't mean that, you know, you're not important to us. We'd never leave you alone. Like we're always here for you, but our relationship is the most important. And they did, they had an amazing relationship after I left. Like they were, they were very, very close after I left home. And, and I think so many people get caught up in that, you know, raising the kids and doing everything for the kids and stuff. And, and I had a girlfriend say to me recently, like, she says, I'm actually sort of afraid that once the kids leave, I don't know what my husband and I are going to do together. I, I think we've lost, you know, any commonality. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that would be like such an uncomfortable place to be. Right. And when you think about the timing of when that's happening for most women, so it's kind of like, 40s, 50s, that that's happening when the kids are leaving. Um, you know, okay, so the woman's already stressed out from raising the family. She's tired. Her body's tired. Um, she's starting to go through perimenopause. Her body's changing. She's not understanding what's happening. You know, the sex starts to change. 
Um, you know, the husband can't figure out what's going on. He's afraid to ask <laughs> like, and, and, um, you know, I, I actually, I feel sorry for women, but I feel sorry for men too, because like they're both in this situation and they're going, how do we get out of this? And, and, and it is sometimes it's just, you know what, I can't do this anymore. And they go their separate ways. I mean, sometimes there can be a lot of underlying reasons as well too, but when you think of if your body's really unhealthy, your mind's not working right, um, and then you've got other just life transitions, men is andropause. I mean, that's a real thing. That's not just their midlife crisis. They are going through hormonal changes as well. Um, so yeah, you know, um, what amazes me is, is as much information as we have access to and as much as we know, it's so overwhelming for people and they don't know where to start. And that's that's why I decided, you know, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to work with people. I want to help people so that they, they can, they can lead these amazing lives. Well, and I, I just think like that cultural acceptance, I mean, again, you still don't hear my, men talking about, it's just a midlife crisis or I'm buying, buying a new car and looking for a young girlfriend. That's totally normal and cool. Like it's, you don't, it's the, the culture is still, even in 2020, like when you're talking about um, you know, I couldn't have a credit card in 1979. I mean, I was born in 80. So to, for me to even think I, I couldn't have a credit card, um, that wouldn't have been the worst thing in my twenties. But I mean, just to think like how much we think has changed, it hasn't really changed. Like these conversations, I mean, you look at our world and systemic racism and, you know, now COVID-19 and you, you know, things are erupting. Like things, I do think we're at a massive pivot point, but things are really changing and we need this like ultra consciousness of like timeout what have we been sold? What dreams have we been sold? What realities have we been sold? And what's real? And what's the positive that's going on? Like now that we can have, you know, a mix of different humans and genders and sexual orientation and colors get together and be like, how are you feeling? What's going on? Like what, what, okay, we've got TV and government, everything, all these influences, but let's peel this all apart and really get down to it. And I, I think like you just said, it's really pulling back to, well, if I'm not healthy and clear, my hormones are off, I'm not fueling correctly, I don't know my allergies or sensitivities, how can I be a contribution to any other part of the conversation until I get this piece dialed in? Yeah. Um, and that, it sucks that that's, you know, newer conversation, um, but hopefully people can hear even, you know, conversations like this, we're still small at Tumor Tequila, and um you know, I know you have a growing biz, but hopefully like this can really stimulate this tidal wave of conversation to the next level, to way after us. Um, and, you know, our young humans can really live in a better situation. Yeah, absolutely. I have a, I have a stepson from, uh, from one of my relationships and, um, you know, he's, he's going to be 28 in January and we always check in with one another you know, I always check in to see how he's doing because yeah, like it, you know, he was saying to me one day, he's like, Connie he says, I don't know, like maybe I missed out on the right girl and, you know, maybe I should have done things different, you know, going to university and, and stuff. And I said, Brendan, like you're, 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 you know, <laughs> yeah, like you're still, you, you still got, so I said, now if you hit, you know, I'm going to be 58 or 59. If you hit that age and you're going, Oh, you know, maybe I missed out. Okay. Then there might be an issue, but I said, you've got so much life ahead of you. And I said, don't feel pressured by what you see your friends doing. Um, you know, you, you're still learning. You'll, you'll come into it. it. It'll happen when it's supposed to happen. 
and and you know um, I just I think there's still so much pressure um, you know when at, at my age it was well if you didn't have a if you weren't engaged by 19 you were gonna be an old spinster you know <laughs> so, <laughs> but for anyone that knows being in the wrong situation there's nothing worse than it like oh. there's you know I, I had um an ex-boyfriend living at my house for a minute and my sp number two core value is independent so I'm an independent human no matter what um but the second it was in my space it was a very clear like it wasn't the right situation regardless but it was very clear like this has got to go and getting out of those situations will make you understand how important the right one is because that's work and there's nothing like being in the wrong zone and then having to work to get out of it um so don't feel pressure especially at 28 because once yeah. you're and then you add in kids and like some of these other complexities you really got to be sure about what you're doing um not that it's all bad but you just have to understand like how these are like i mean you're putting major ripples in the pond that are going to carry on here um, yeah so. yeah 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 and I, I, I want to lean in. I want to be mindful of your time. Um, but I really want to talk about, you know, even, you know, women menopausal, let's say, you know, 20 to 50. Let's talk about the sexuality a little bit because we haven't talked a lot about, you know, I still think it's taboo for women to embrace sexuality. Um, shout out to Megan the Stallion, uh, the rapper. I don't know if you know her, but she just did a re <laughs> you're looking at me funny. Um, she just did a remake of um, Easy E's Boys in the Hood. And now it's Girls in the Hood. If anyone's listening that knows, it, it, I think it's a phenomenal example of how far we've come of women embracing their sexuality. Basically, Boys in the Hood, they talk about, you know, living the man's life and being a wild animal. And then Megan the Stallion, now it's like being a strong feminine uh, human and embracing our sexuality and doing what we want to do. Um, but tell me a little bit more how sexuality plays a role in our lives and why it's important to maintain that healthy relationship. Um, yeah. Uh, who's <laughs> <laughs> like, the stallion? I'll, I'll send you, well, you may or may not want to listen to it, but. I'll, 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 I'll have, no, I'll have to look that up, but no, you know what? It, it's, it's really cool because, um, I do, I do, you know, okay. So when I think back. Um, you know, Madonna, I mean, Madonna was very in your face, right? Um, so that's sort of, you know, kind of the, I guess, the icon I kind of look at or famous person I look at because she was very in your face. And, and I thought, at first I thought, you know, just because of my, like the way I was brought up and, and stuff, I thought, oh, you know, she's like a little radical, but, um, you know, over time I thought, yeah, like good on her. Right. As I, as I start to realize how important it was to be, to be independent. Um, I, I and I, I'll tell you just a really quick little short story, but the night before my wedding, so I was, um, 20 years old, the night before my wedding, my mom came up to me and she said, um, so do we need to talk about sex? And I looked at her, I said, um, no, mom, I, I'm good. And she says, well, I'll give you a little bit of advice. She says, even if you don't feel like it, have a quickie. You got to keep your man happy. Okay, mom. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, mom, like this is the eighties. We don't have to do that stuff anymore. <laughs> Um, but you know, uh, is some of like some of this stuff that gets passed down, right. And some women just too shy to ask or, or judge it or, or question it as to why. Um, but sexuality is so important. And I think as women, you know, we've always kind of put that aside. Like my, my belief is 
a woman should be able to dress any way the way she wants to dress and she shouldn't be looked at or judged or be in fear for her safety because of the way she's dressed. I mean, um, yeah, we're, you know, as women, we're beautiful creatures and, you know, men, <laughs> I mean, it's inherent in them, right? You know, they're, um, it's all about hunting. It's all about getting the girls. So sometimes you can see why these things happen, but, but women should be able to be who they want. Um, and, uh, you know, and the whole objectification of women as well too. Um, it's put so much pressure on us as women to look a certain way, um, you know, especially as we age. I mean, I, uh, I, I did Botox years ago. I haven't done it in the last number of years. Full transparency, but carry on with all. Anything. No, that, yeah, no, that's okay. Um, but I haven't done it in the last couple of years. And, you know, like, I'm just, I, like some days I look in the mirror and I go, oh, you know, I know if I did Botox, like these lines, they'd be gone. And, and, and it's like, no, you know, my mom never did Botox and she looked amazing. So I'm just going to go with that, that I'm going to look the same as her. But there's so much pressure to look young and to look a certain way and to be a certain size and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think that that's really unfortunate. And that's where, you know, as women, even when I work with women and I say, tell me one part of yourself that you really love. And I've had women say, there's nothing I like about myself. And it just, like, it, it breaks my heart. It, it, like, it literally breaks my heart. I've had clients say, I don't fit into what society thinks is beautiful. And, and I, you know, I just think that that's so unfortunate. And I think when we, as women, take time to be on our own and explore our bodies, you know, explore our naked body, stand in front of the mirror or go, or go get a boudoir shoot done. I mean, that's an amazing experience. I'm sure they do your hair and your makeup and everything, but gosh, you can see how amazing your body is. You're beautiful. You know, you've got this beautiful body. Um, but I think as well, too, from a sexuality standpoint, there's still, there's some good people out there now, like uh, Layla Martin. She's um, one of the sort of um, public sex uh, experts for women out there. Um, she's doing a lot of really good things as far as helping women with uh, body acceptance and sexual acceptance. Um, another person out there is Kim Anami. Uh, they're two, they both work very different ways. Some people don't like Kim, some people don't like Layla, you know, I mean, that's, that's public figures these days, right? But, but what I love is that there are women that are talking about this. I mean, you know, menopause is being talked about more. Um, you know, I mean, one of the big things, once you start to go into perimenopause and, you know, I'm, I'm going to get pretty, pretty open here, but, you know, I mean, your vaginal lubrication starts to change and your whole structure of your vagina starts to change. So if you're a single woman, Having a one night stand can be a very uncomfortable experience, but you know what? There's, there's ways, there's ways to do it. Um, there's ways to keep yourself conditioned so that you can have that one night stand and have an amazing night and you're not in pain for the next three days. <laughs> so we got, we got tequila, uh, burning man, nutrition, <laughs> getting to know yourself. And now we've got, uh, advocacy from one night stand. So this is perfect. This is exactly what tequila is. Um, 
But no, I make it light. But I really like, as you just said, I think it's about getting back to centered self and that con conscious conversation of what's going on. And then not to make it light, but it's like, it's not that big a deal. Like at some point we're all human. We're, you know, 50% of us females are going to go through this. Men are going to go through their own thing. Just talk about it. And then we don't have that much time. Get to the point where you can enjoy these experiences that are happening and let go of judgment. Cause again, it's all made up and dial in how we can just further enjoy life. I want to say it sounds very it, cliche. No, it, it, to totally. I totally agree. I mean, not that I, you know, not that I'm, uh, one of these loose women, but hey, you know, I mean, there's been the odd time where, you know, you just, you have this amazing connection with this person and, and you want to enjoy that moment. And I don't think that there's, that there's anything wrong with that. You know, um, I think women are just as entitled to that as men are. Um, Go listen to Megan the Stallion right now if you're questioning it. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that's true. I think on your last day, I don't know what the cliche quote is or the meme. All you need in life is tequila and memes if you can't afford therapy. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, on your last day, you'll regret more all the things you didn't do than things you did do. And even at this point in my life, I can be like, you know, I wish I would have leaned into that moment a little bit more, regardless of, you know, whether it was physical or mental or whatever. Um, because these are like fleeting moments and there's, you got to let go of what society's view is of that and what your view and embrace what your view is of it um because sometimes you do miss out on the magic of that moment yeah yeah totally no i'm 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 totally for it you know um being safe of but it, you know it, enjoying at the same time when my stepson was little i always told him that he could always come to me and ask me any question any question at all. And he asked me some pretty tough questions at times. And I said, I will always give you the right answer. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, I mean, you know, he came to me and asked me about drugs and, you know, um, and I would share with him, I would share experiences with him. Um, I, I dated somebody who was a drinker and a drugger. I didn't know it when I met him. And as I got to know him, you know, I, I, I figured out that he had, he, I mean, he's highly functioning, um, but I started to see it, but I, I shared with, you know, with my stepson is like, Hey, you know, sometimes there's things about people that we don't know, you know, and, and it can sometimes be hard to walk away from them because, you know, we, we love them, but we have to realize there's certain people that we can't help either. Sometimes we just, we need to walk away. And, and that's how I handle all of my conversations with my clients. It's like, um, you know, on my intake form, I asked them, how's their sex life? And, you know, one of my clients is just like, whoa, you really get into this. And I said, I need to understand. Yeah. I need to understand what you're going through because I said, I can do up a whole plan for you. But if I don't understand some of the underlying issues that are there, you're not going to be able to implement this plan. And if you don't feel comfortable with talking about these things, if you think maybe I'm not comfortable with talking about these things, then we've got a barrier to the success yeah. of this. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I mean, it, so I have women coming to me and saying, so what do you use for a vaginal lubricant? Or, you know, um, you know, what do you do when you suddenly have sex and you haven't had it in a long time? And it's like, all right, let's sit down. <laughs> I, I mean, can you, we don't, we have no sponsors and endorsements, but can you suggest a vaginal lubricant? Like we'll just go all in. Well, you know what? There's a great one, and I, and I think that uh, they also ship to the U.S. So um, it, it's uh, created by a local pharmacy, actually here in Vancouver, and it's and it's the cleanest. It is the cleanest vaginal lubricant I have ever found because it's hyaluronic acid and vitamin E. That's it. 
But you can put that on your face then. But I'm just saying those are good things uh, with your Botox. <laughs> it, totally. You could put it on your face actually. Um, but it, um, it's made by a pharmacy called Pure Pharmacy. And um, if you go on their website, I think it's just, it's either purepharmacy.com or purepharmacy.ca, one or the other. And if you go on their website and you look for vaginal lubricant, um, it's, it's right on there. And it, it, is, it's, it is the best one, other than the ones I've made myself, it is the best one I have ever used um, that's available commercially. So yeah there's your first sponsor and i think this isn't just for the girls for my guys too that are out there and you know you're looking to be supportive or you need a better experience yourself these are opportunities to lean in and be one step ahead of the game totally totally the other thing that i like about the lubricant is any women who maybe um have estrogen issues like they may be a little more estrogen dominant some of the lubricants out there or some of the products out there actually increase the level of estrogen which for some women may not be good it may cause further issues with their reproductive organs so I caution women on that. And that's why I love this lubricant so much because it's got nothing in it to cause any issues with your reproductive organs. See, there's, and this is why, again, the whole health conversation is so critical because sometimes you don't even know the questions to ask. And, you know, I mean, there's just a lot to unpack when you're, you know, really trying to get to that optimal, healthy, full world encompassing, you know, satisfied space. Um, totally. It's really difficult. Um, well, we could talk about so I have a million more questions, but I want to be mindful of your time and energy. Um, is there anything else you want to share about your business? What's coming up? I feel like listeners, I hope, are going to be like, oh my God, you touched on one of the 50 things we talked about. And they got to hear more from you because uh, each angle is like a full podcast in itself. But is there anything you want to share or talk about about what's coming up or anything like that of what you're diving into? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'm working on um, some uh, new, I guess, basically new programs. Um, you know, I shared with you in the podcast, ideally, my goal is to work with a woman for a year. That's where I feel I can make, um, probably make the biggest impact in her life and support her the best for, you know, for success going on. So I'm actually working on, uh, on putting together a premium program that, that will be for one year for women to, to work with, uh, or to work with me. Um, and, uh, I'm also looking at some, and I, you know, and I'll be really honest. I mean, I am looking at creating something that's maybe sort of more do it yourself, um, because I know that there's people out there that, you know, money's a big issue and they, they do want that support. So I'm, I'm working on creating uh, a program like that as well, too, that is more do it yourself. Um, uh, but it, it's, it's something that, um, it's probably going to take me a while to create because I got to create it with what feels good for me. Right. I want people to get good value out of it. But, um, but yeah, my big focus is now is, is working with women over that year period of time. And I, I realize not everybody's there, not everybody's ready to make that commitment, but I know that there are women out there and I feel I provide the best level of support and can give you the best level of success when we're working together one-on-one. -on -one. And I, 
um, with doing those programs, it's actually going to allow me to be um, far more available for those clients and really focus with those clients. Um, so, you know, all the programs I do, they're always personalized. They're very custom. I design them for the client right down to like the meal plans and, and all that type of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I really, really want to get really focused and, and spend good, not that I didn't in the past, but I'm, I'm getting more focused of spending that good quality time. I love that. Well, I think as, you know, we go on, um, as entrepreneurs, you realize you are a finite source. Like there's only so many hours in the day and to really give good quality intel and energy and everything you have to kind of pick and choose, which is a beautiful thing. And I will say, if you can't, if you do do a do it yourself, I'm more of, um, uh, affordable, if you will, maybe less energy giving, but you know, potentially equally as effective. I don't know that one-on-one can ever be compared to uh, like a download or anything, but still tons of information can go through it. I think that's amazing. Um, and I hope that you do do that just so like this information can start to mainstream a little bit more. So even if, you know, you don't end up being everyone's source, they can, people can start to go seek out a better way. And if it lands with you, phenomenal. If it lands somewhere else, great. But just, so we can start to disrupt some of these myths, um, that we live amongst because there is, there's so many better ways of doing things. Yeah, there, there totally is. The other little project that I'm working on. And unfortunately, I can't get it into the US right now. But I have created an herbal uh, formula for men for sexual enhancement. You did tell me a little bit about this. Yes, yes. Tell us about yeah. And so I'm in the process of getting men to test it. Um, and you know what, and I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot of how like this is an extremely sensitive subject for men and it's difficult to even get men to come forward and admit that they might have sexual performance issues. So I'm having a hard time finding men that are that open and willing to, you know, to talk to somebody that they don't know. Right. That was um, the question to you. I was like, how are you testing this? Cause A is taboo, <laughs> B it's like, it didn't work. Well, maybe it's you. I don't know. Like there's so many like in-depth psychological questions around, you know, trying to test a product to go to market. Um, that's, that's a tough one. So I was very, I was fascinated by this process. Yeah, it, it, it is a tough one. So, so far I have, um, aside from my original client that I created it for, I now have three testers who have come forward and they're very willing to, to share everything with me at a minimum what I've created and the, the formula that I have them on is still going to be good for their health. It's not like it's not going to be good for anything. Um, and yeah, and unfortunately there is a whole psychological side to sex as well too, for both men and women. It, I mean, it's, it's not just one way. So there is a whole psychological side, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just getting started. So, you know, that's sort of a stay tuned to see how it goes. I have had people in the U.S. contact me because I kind of did a, a blast on Facebook and on Instagram about it. And unfortunately, because it's alcohol-based, I can't ship it into the U.S. So I'm actually in a pro, um, I'm going to start a process where I can create it in a different substrate, so like a glycerin or something like that. Okay. Um, so once I get that created, then I can ship it into the U.S., um, and, and so I'll have a few people down there. So I just, um, I need to learn a little bit more about how to do it so that it, that it, um, has the same effectiveness 
as, as the other one. So I, I just need to, you know, do a little bit of studying to make sure I'm doing it right. But I'm, but I'm quite excited about it. Um, again, you know, um, for me, uh, you know, if you've got a healthy, happy male, um, and you've got a healthy, happy woman, I mean, gosh, <laughs> you know, I mean, for those that, for, for men and women, you know what, regardless of your sexual orientation, um, if you're healthy and happy from a sexual standpoint, uh, you know, so much of that leads into the rest of our life, right? You know, when, when we, it, it, I mean, nutrition is the foundation, um, but there's so many other components that are so important and they all have to be in balance. And, you know, sex is a very important part of our life, regardless of our orientation. Oh, well, again, you get back to that human standpoint of regardless of where you came from, how you identify, what have you, these are like basic human needs. Um, and science or creation whatever it's it's something you, you can't go around it's there no matter what um so i really appreciate that i my goal is at some point to have every guest that i have on um even when they're newer conversation it's like a connect of a connect which we were which is always my favorite um to have some of these like products or suggestions or books for sale on turmeric and tequila so oh cool if it, if and ready i mean obviously and i usually vet everything that's this is one that, that i couldn't actually try or i perhaps wouldn't know the benefit um but you know if, if that's if and when it's in america let me know because i love having these streamlined because i get a lot of emails of like what did what was this where did it come from and i invite you to go on the site and we're not really even here to make a bunch of money off that kind of stuff it's more just streamlining process um, but I would love to have all the random things on our site at one point being like, we've got people coming in by tequila and they're also picking up, you know, male supportive situations, and like female vaginal lubrication. Like it's a whole, and then it's not as shallow as that might sound, but it's really in depth, like better living streamlined process, uh, answers. You know, it, it, totally. I'm, I, I, I think I'm probably very similar to you. Like before I ever use a product, I really research it. I really dig down. I want to, yeah, I want to know about the company. I want to know, you know, about the ingredients. Um, I want to know about the concentrations. Like I, I was actually quite impressed all the work you do with supplements and stuff. And um, I really appreciate people who do that. It's like, hey, I've vetted this stuff and I, and I know it's good and this is something I can support. And I, and I'm the same way. It's like, if, if I'll use myself as the guinea pig, if I'm not willing to use it on myself, then I, I'm not going to promote it. There's, there's no way. So yeah, I, I, I totally appreciate that. And I really hope that I can get this in a form that I can have it in the U S because yeah. Um, and that it, and that it works. I mean, it, you know, um, it, I don't know. Everybody deserves to have a good sex life and enjoy it. So <laughs> at any age or any stage in life, um, totally like marketing though with responsibility, <laughs> there's you, you can't be a crazy wild influencer out there doing whatever you want, saying whatever you want. You can't be, you know, just doing whatever you want sexually. You got to have some responsibility because there are ramifications. Um, yeah. but absolutely you can dial it in and have that be a healthy piece of your world. I think it's a game changer. Um, totally. Where, where can we find you? Tell us website. I'll of course include all the information, but if people are sitting in the car, give us website, Instagram, anything you want to share. Yeah. So on Instagram, um, I, I go by my name, Connie Pratula. Um, but I also have my moniker, which is the menopause navigator. So you can find me on Instagram as menopause navigator. Um, my website straight forward is Connie 
And uh, yeah, those, those are probably the best three places to get a hold of me. I've also got a public Facebook page, which is under Connie Pratula as well, too. So pretty, pretty easy to find me. I love it. Uh, if anyone's listening, you know, I'm a big believer in finding a coach in whatever process you are in life, whether it's nutrition, sexuality, um, seeking a better way in general. And I love when those coaches have really deep ethos experience and a massive heart space of why they're doing it and having purpose. Um, they're not just in it for the margins or anything like that. So I, I would really encourage uh, if you're questioning something in any capacity, reach out to Connie, ask her some questions. I, Connie, I really appreciate your openness and vulnerability. Um, tequila and uh, turmeric and tequila is a non-filtered situation, but also a safe space. So I appreciate you coming to the table, very open and vulnerable. Um, it, it makes all the difference in the world. And I think it provides a really accurate preview of all, uh, that you have to offer the world, all that's coming to you. Um, so I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kristen. This is, this has been a blast and I, I truly appreciate the, yeah, the way you show up as well too. And, and just allowing to have that completely open, honest, uh, conversation. It, it, it's, it's really been a lot of fun and, uh, yeah, on any, uh, I will keep you up to date on how things are going and, you know, maybe, maybe we'll be doing another podcast about, you know, the phenomenal success of my, um, you know, male, formula. <laughs> I love it. No, please do. I love to check back in. Um, fortunately we've had tons of things coming, but I really want to make time for my check backs and like, where are they now? What's going on? Um, because I, I think there is something shift in the world. A lot of my guests are quote unquote unknown or however you label that. But I think these are my game changers that are really starting to do something on the next level. So I'm very curious to what leads next and success isn't always, you know, millions of people watching and tapping in and maybe it's 50 and they're all, you know, it's the president and it's this, it's like you're working with the game changers. So you never know how that looks, but I think the humans that are coming in um, have an incredible poignant path um, on putting our world in a better place. So again, the cliches are always happening on turmeric and tequila, but my heart definitely believes it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And well, since I'm turning 59 in, in 10 days, of course, that means next year is 60. So I'm already kind of putting out to the universe what's going to happen next year. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Okay. Big things. I love it. Um, please check out Connie if she's got, uh, or if any of this, you know, is a good little step in the right direction for you. Connie, keep us posted. Um, let's definitely plan to keep in touch. And happy early birthday. I hope you have a tequila shot, uh, for all of us in 10 days I, or maybe six. I, you know what? I'll, I'll do one just for you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually doing a workout. This is random today for a friend. It's her birthday and the end workout. There's a tequila shot at the bottom at the end. It's just kind of funny. So I'll do a toast <laughs> with you guys. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, and I'll let you know when I have this coming out, I've got I think three or four casts in front of you. I might start doing a couple a week now, which is a lot, but you know, we're not going by any formula here anyways. We're just getting content out as, as it's coming in. So I'll try and get out as soon as possible. Um, but if anything changes before then or any announcements you want me to include, feel free to buzz me and send me any information. Okay, awesome. I'll, um, I'll send you the link for the, um, for the vaginal moisturizer. Um, so that, so that you got it. Um, I think that was the, yeah, that was the kind of the only product we really talked about um, but yeah, if there's anything else you suggest, feel free. Like I said, I'd filter nothing. And I actually think people are more interested, um, than, you know, even younger humans, like this has come up. Cause again, like epidermis, your skin, what am I putting on it? How far does that conversation go and where I think more people want to know than, um, than is, than the buzz is showing. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been, really been a blast. Yes. I appreciate your time and energy and hopefully we catch up again soon. Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. Bye. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.